Here's the Smart Retirement Cast brought to you by Smart Retirement Media. Now, here's your hosts, Mike and Matt. Welcome back, listeners, for another great episode of Smart Retirement Podcast. This is your host, Mike Points with Central Coast Lending, and I am accompanied by my esteemed colleague, Mr. Matt Hollander. Hey, how you doing, Mr. Mike? What's up, buddy? What's up? Hey, listen, um, listeners, I hope you had a chance to get your skis out of the attic and hit the slopes this last weekend for President's Day. Um, man, the three days weekends are so nice, aren't they, Matt? They are the best. I uh, dusted off the skis, went up to Breckenridge, Colorado myself, so that was fun. Good for you. I um, drove to Bakersfield, which there is not a ski slope there, and then picked up my sister, drove her down, my youngest of three sisters, drove her down to Riverside so we can complete some business we're working on for her, and then got to meet my one-year-old niece. That sounds exciting. Ella, yeah, she's got the craziest, like, you know, when they're one, it's like, it's cute when they have these crazy, like, long hairdos and these, like, calyx, um, but she's a real adorable kid. I I just, it's baffling to me. That one-year birthday is really a true reflection of how fast time goes. No you know, kidding, right? Like, holy smokes, we were just holding this little thing, and she could barely open her eyes, and now she's, like, running around and trying to talk and... You know, for those of you listening that are grandparents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, it was a great, no slopes for me, but a great weekend. And man, did it feel good when I got back Sunday night late and knew that I could sleep in Monday and, and just kind of relax a bit. That's always the best. Um, so, you know, this show today is a continuation of our, um, the Wealth Triangle show we have. It's a three-part show. Today, we're going to get into the growth and protecting of your wealth um, just from the strategies that you and I implement, Matt. Um, But before we get into that show, um, you know, I can't help but mention this just because it's on every news cycle is that the coronavirus is just really starting to to scare quite a few people. And in addition to, um, you know, rightfully so, but in addition to slowing down global economy. Right. I mean, we went from originally to from the days of the initial outbreak where China was going through as a whole was going through their their New Year holiday, um, shut down airports. But then it slowly but surely turned into shutting down Starbucks, shutting down theaters, shutting down airports, um, shutting down cruise ships. I don't know if you saw that one uh, a couple weeks ago now with Princess Cruises. They had to cancel one. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely creating quite the disturbance all over the world and markets yep. don't like un- things that are unpredictable, right? Right, right. Um, chairman of the federal reserve for our country, um, Jerome Powell st- stated that he's watching this very closely because, you know, we have companies like Apple, not a small company that have, who? To- yeah, Apple. <laughs> Um, my elderly clients can't tell me enough about how happy they are. They bought Apple three years ago. I, I think it's like one of those things that they just forget that they tell me every time. And we start off almost every meeting with the fact that they own Apple. Apple has to, has had to shut down some factories and that will hurt production. Who knows how that'll affect their stock price, but 
that's happening in a rapid rate now. Sure. Um, as this thing shows more of its colors, you know, fortunately, the coronavirus is not like SARS in that the uh, mortality rate is not terribly high. This is information I'm getting from both Fox News and CNN, but it's like a three to four percent mortality rate. So you can get coronavirus and get sick, but, you know, fortunately, you won't pass away. SARS back from 2003 was was highly was had a high mortality rate. And we saw the GDP during that that year drop almost three quarters of a point in our country. I'm mentioning this because no matter what we talk about on this show, you know, your awareness of what's going on in the markets are important because you might have assets tied directly to the returns in those markets. Um, You may not have put your money in safe money like we've talked about before, some of your fully indexed annuities, Matt. And and once again, like you always preach in your meetings, you don't put 100% of your money in that type of annuity. You want to diversify, but it's important to think about, okay, how can I, without sounding terrible, how can I take advantage of these effects on the marketplace? For example, and we'll get into this in the second segment of the show, but you know, just the way it's affecting mortgage rates and the 10-year treasury note and how it will potentially affect the volatility of the stock market is just a great way to be a smart retiree and think about this stuff ahead of time. So it's more than just, um, you know, hoping to see that the coronavirus removes itself from our planet. It's, it's more like, how do we bounce back from this? And in retirement, you're looking for opportunities to really capitalize on markets, depending on what's happening globally, but also with the new products that are rolling out that can help you take advantage of these things, like capturing the gains, but not being affected by the losses of a market. Exactly. You know, so if you have, if you're new to the show and maybe this is your first show, go back through our episodes, check out the episode where Matt talks about Matt, what's the one where we have, um, I'm blanking on it right now, but we've, Which okay, one, so I know you're looking that up. I'll let you, I'll give you some time, but we talked no, no, no. about, go ahead. It's with our, it's with our guest. Um, oh yeah. Uh, so the, um, Mark. the income growth Mark. and no market risk. Yeah. That yeah. was that show. So income that was, uh, no market risk. Listen to that. that was beginning one. of December. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, take a listen to that one. It, it really gives you an, a perspective on how to place some of your retirement into that type of, uh, of vehicle. And please, with any questions, feel free to contact Matt Hollander, our co-host at 86653-RETIRE. Um, option one will go right to Matt. If you ever have questions about reverse mortgages uh, or any mortgages whatsoever, option two will come right to me. Um, speaking of Collins, uh, we had one last week, did we not, Matt? That called in and wanted to, that had been listening to the show. And she wanted to get your advice on a couple of different things. Um, I won't share her name just for her own privacy, but how did that conversation start? And how's it going? It was really good. So actually, uh, over on the East Coast uh, was one of our listeners out in Massachusetts. And uh, she's just about to retire. I was a little bit concerned as far as they really hadn't done any planning whatsoever. Uh, kind of the blue collar worker family, if you will. Okay. Uh, got the 401ks, but never really taken any investment advice, uh, really gotten any suggestions or anything like that. And so the, the conversation really was stemming, okay, how do we take Social Security? How do we do this? Um, and it, it was nice because like a few of the other Collins that we've had, 
she's actually gone back and listened to two or three of the other shows and was like, okay, so when you said this, what did you mean? Right. Uh-huh. So it's funny because like some of the calls I've got, I, I almost have to say, okay, well, have you listened to this show yet? Our library is getting so vast that if you've got a question on something and you're like, okay, I don't want to listen to the whole show, but maybe this show has it in it. Shoot us an email or call us. So in email address is info at smartretirementcast.com. Yeah. And you can just ask, hey, do you guys have an episode on this? And if yep. we don't, we'll make one. <laughs> so awesome. I love you saying that because we are right. We started in August of 2019. So we're not huge, but we're getting a couple episodes now to reference on. And as we have more guests, we want to be able to um, bring in new listeners to listen to certain episodes that I think tailor to their needs. Absolutely. Um, you guys like us on Facebook, join the group. Um, you can go to smart retirement podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you can Facebook that just go on Facebook, search smart retirement po- podcast, like the group join. Uh, we put about one article a week um, on that post, excuse me, on that site that we post, you can look at, you can like Matt said, email or uh, post an episode you'd like to hear more about. Maybe you're reading about something as you're planning, or maybe you just want to know, um, you know, based on things you're, you want to learn more about if there's an episode we can turn you to. So we'll, we'll use that as a communication board. But like Matt said, you could also email us privately info. Yeah, and and again, podcast. Oh, sorry, Mike. Okay. Um, again, you know, if you're listening into us on other than just our website, whether it be Apple podcast, uh, Zencaster, Stitcher, any of the others out there, um, please, you know, drop us a, a review on there. Love to know how we're doing. Um, but with that, Mike, let's go ahead and take a quick break here. Uh, give a quick legal disclaimer. And after that, we'll come right back and jump into part two of our wealth triangle, talking about growing and protecting your wealth. So we'll be right back. Honestly, when was the last time you really took a hard look at your retirement plan? With the market the way it's been, it can be easy to become complacent. A new decade is upon us, which comes with a lot of questions. Can the economy and the market continue to grow? What will the next election do to my investments? Is it time to sell my house before the market adjusts to downsize and take advantage of the equity? How can I best maneuver to maximize return? The answer is simple. It never hurts to get a second opinion from a team like Century Financial Consultants. With over 40 years of financial planning experience, Get a free retirement analysis from Century Financial Consultants today to see where you stand and if you're ready for any changes we may face in the coming year. Give Century Financial Consultants a call today at 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Prepare for an uncertain tomorrow so you can relax and enjoy today. Get a free retirement analysis from Century Financial Consultants by calling 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Century Financial Consultants, California license numbers 0L23991 and 01756. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, NMLS number 328358. Mike Points is a licensed loan officer in California, NMLS number 1246224, and is only licensed to offer advice on mortgage products. He is not licensed as an investment advisor. All of the mortgage products Mike Points will discuss in this show are for educational purposes, and these products should be reviewed by a licensed loan officer before taking these mortgages on as your own, as they may not fit your specific situation or needs. Next stop, Shy Town, Leo, put the money down. 
All right, we're back, Smart Retirement listeners, for the continuation of part two of our Wealth Triangle, talking about growing and protecting our wealth. Uh, today's topics, we're going to discuss three main topics here on the Triangle. As if you've seen it on Facebook, Mike so nicely posted for us. Uh, we're going to be talking about continuing to save and growing your wealth. Uh, we're going to plan on how you're going to replace your income in retirement. And then also protecting your savings and retirement nest egg. So the first one I want to get us started on today is continuing to save and grow your wealth. And I think the starting place for this is, you know, in the last episode, we talked about building our foundation and how real estate is important in building that foundation. And I think now that this is kind of for our retirees that are probably in their 50s, going into their 60s. Uh, they've got the home. Now they're thinking maybe they've got a couple other rental properties. So I think this is where Mike, some ideas on investment property uh, and how to organize that properly uh, will, I think, really help us grow and protect the wealth here. Sure. Yeah. Just to be clear, I, I lend on residential properties up one to four units. So fourplexes all the way down to single family residences or condos. So I don't have a lot of information about apartments. I know a lot of people I talk to love commercial real estate as they, as they mature in their investing because it can yield a better market cap. Uh, market cap is, you know, for those not understanding, it's just a term used quite a bit as a ratio to what your property is spitting out back to you as a return of cash. Um, for the amount of assets you have in the property. There's a cash on cash return. There's also a market cap return. So um, I want to make sure that what I'm talking about today is just residential real estate. And what I find is that, you know, those who purchase real estate in their 30s and then slowly but surely over time move out of that house, but don't sell it, move into the next house. So do a, a conventional or traditional move up. Keep the smaller house they bought first, make that a rental. If they continue to rinse and repeat and do that process through their 50s, typically by the time they're 60 years old, they have two to potentially three rental properties. Okay. So just for those listening that are in your 30s, if, you, if you're seeing this, if you're listening to this message, do your best to find a way to, to keep your first house, move, wait, maybe wait longer to move into your next house. Now, I understand if it's a two bedroom and you just had two kids in the last three years, but do your best to um, keep that initial property. So I digress a little bit, Matt, but I wanted to get that out there to, for the young people that are listening to this show. I have had a couple of younger clients that have said, hey, they really love the show. It's helping them get on the right track at a younger age. However, sorry for you younger listeners. I feel like this is speaking directly to those that are probably, like you said, Matt, 55 and older. Yep. So let's say you've got one, two, maybe three rental properties. Okay. Obviously your tenant is paying a majority of the mortgage, if not all of it. What I'd like for you to consider doing in, in the next six months, especially with the way the current interest rates are for rate and term refinances on investment properties. I mean, Matt, they're under 4% for investment properties as well. That's unheard of. So if you have 25% equity or more, we could be looking at uh, and, and a credit score, I would say, higher than 720. You'd be looking at an interest rate of about 3.75% and an APR of less than 4%. Wow. 
So you, what you're going to do with that is you're going to take the existing loan. Maybe you've had it for 10 years. Maybe you've had it for five years. You're going to consider reamortizing it again over 30 years, dropping the payment. Okay. Taking that additional cash flow and throwing it back at the mortgage. You know, when you're 55 years old, unless you didn't do a good job saving in your other areas of life, you don't really need that $600 a month. You should be at the peak parts of your income earning years. Um, and I, I'm seeing my time here. I'm going to move a little bit faster, Matt. But No, you're fine. I, I wanted to set a, a, a framework here for the average individual says, all right, look, I've got this loan. I'm making $600 a month. Um, what's the point of refinancing? I'm cash flowing just fine. The point is this. If you were able to save two, three hundred, four hundred dollars a month on reamortizing the loan over 30 years and then throwing that now six hundred dollars a month you were making before on top of the three hundred dollars a month you're saving now, nine hundred dollars a month at this loan, you would pay this loan off in less than 20 years. OK, that's one approach. I like that approach because if the world, like we talked about in the first part of this episode, building a foundation, if the world throws a curveball at you and you need to protect your family's lifestyle or you lose your job for a certain period of time, instead of throwing that $900 at the loan, you can keep it for yourself. You now can live off the cash flow. You can also segue and say, look, I'm going to take this $900 a month and put it towards specific types of investments that I want to do. Um, but it doesn't force you like a 15 year or a 10 year loan would to make that 900 extra dollars in payment every month. Right. Assuming because then you're strapped and you know, you're forced to make that payment. So now you're making a smaller payment. And when you have the additional funds, uh, you know, you're throwing it back at that mortgage. But I think it's important, of course, to have that emergency slush fund. And now you're being able to set money aside for things like that. Right, Mike? So Yes. And segueing right into one of our key topics in this section of the Wealth Triangle is how do you plan to replace income during retirement? Well, if you've been hyper accelerating the paydown of this balance, so if you've been amortizing it ahead of schedule, when you get to retirement, if you have a house that's, let's say, worth $600,000 and it's a rental or $400,000 and it's a rental and you have $150,000 loan on that property, that's a good time to look at reamortizing it for 30 years. Because if you don't need to pay that, that balance off, you can lower the payment right away right now and replace some of the income from your tenants that you were getting at work. Here's one other strategy I want to throw out there. I'm going to do it in two minutes or less, Matt. Um, this one's I really like, and I, and I, I would love listeners, if you own properties, call into 866-53-RETIRE. Option two is Mike Points. Talk to me more about this. But if you have three properties, I like the idea of setting them up on uh, what I call the step pay down, which is have one of the properties set up for a 30-year mortgage, have one of them to be paid off in 15 years, and have one of them to be paid off in 10 years. So you're going to have different amortization terms for each mortgage. Okay, The one that's 10 years, you're probably going to be actually in the red. Your payment's probably going to be so high that from what the, the tenants are giving you, um, you know, you're you're not able to cover the whole mortgage, property tax and insurance. But if you put them all together, if you lump them into a population and you take the positive cash flow you're getting from others and offset and pay those things off, 
you're going to see a beautiful thing as you, when you hit 10 years from now, that first loan is going to be paid off. That big payment is going to be gone. You own the house outright. Now you only have five years left on the 15 year mortgage, but you keep throwing the same amount of income at this thing unless you need it. But what eventually happens in 15 years is you've got two houses paid off and you've got a 30 year mortgage with only 15 years left on it. And the combination of those things working together, instead of having one on a 30 year mortgage, two on a 30 year mortgage, three on a 30 year mortgage, and just figuring out what to do helps you. It forces you to save, which will protect your nest egg over time. Now, as you're in retirement and things start to get more expensive, you can look at the idea of, you know, you can sell these properties to a buyer and carry back the note because there's no deed of trust on the property. You can now be the bank for these properties. You can do what a lot of people have read about and do, which is a 1031 exchange. You can look at selling a property, taking the proceeds from that and throwing it into another property that may be larger, may be yielding you more cash flow. So I really like the step down approach where you, if you, it only works. So if you have, I would say more than two houses, cause you have to have enough of a population size of rentals to have enough cash flow coming in total, because usually one or two of them are going to offset that one that you're really paying down fast in 10 years. So I think as a real estate banker, these are some of the things I want to talk to you about so that you can plan on using real estate like you would a retirement uh, account, like a mutual fund or a 401k account. Let's get these things paid off so that they're yielding you as much income as possible when you're in retirement. Great points. Um, Yes, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, but I think the beauty of having you and I on this show, Mike, is we both can kind of play uh, the good cop, kind of bad cop role a little bit. And we are in somewhat of a conflict. Right. Sometimes. Not necessarily. I think we work very well in unison together. But at the same time, there's some things we have to look at inside that plan as well. Is, you know, we hear. Or I'm sure you've heard it from your financial advisors, listeners, is they want to have a diversified portfolio. So time and time again, I see people coming in and they've got all this real estate and yeah, maybe they've got a decent amount of income coming from it. But what's the growth rates been on these properties? You know, the national average, I think, Mike, you were saying was about three and a half percent. Um, yeah, if you take it over a 20 year term, three and a half percent, you know, there's certainly been years in the last five years that have been tremendous, just like, the yeah. Stock and, I, and I'm sure if you're in the Bay area or in San Luis Obispo County or most of the larger counties in California, I know, uh, Maricopa County here in Arizona is booming, uh, at a, a little bit higher tick than three and a half percent, but you know, just like everything else, that's an annualized return, right? But at the same time, if we could be maybe doing a half-half approach to what you're saying there, Mike, is, you know, if we have that extra $600 a month, maybe we take an extra 300 throw it towards the mortgage, and we look at creating some type of alternative to where we're not just uh, land-rich and cash-poor, we can have a more balanced approach to this. Uh, so I think, again, I like your, looking- I like your rebuttal here. Yeah, it, it does, especially with investment properties, it can be tough to be illiquid in real estate. Well, and, and you know, we'll, we'll discuss a little bit more about risk after the break, but 
you know, liquidity risk is a huge issue in retirement. And that even boils down to why I don't let my clients put all their money into, let's say, an indexed annuity, right? They like it because they have decent returns and uh, they've got uh, good income features and things based upon it. They they know what their growth is going to be. But at the same time, they're not liquid and neither is real estate, right? So cash sometimes is king in certain scenarios. And I think, again, that's why we need to be looking and creating a diversified portfolio for that. Um, Really planning, right? I, 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 how, I think almost all the shows, Mike, I've brought up. A you love that word. Of, of, of some, in, in some way, have a plan, right? Whether it be yeah. a retirement plan that we build for you here at Century Financial or one that you're creating on your own, right? It, it, it's not rocket science by any means, but you need to have some things in there, uh, whether it be, you know, we've got to be looking at inflation, over a 10-year period, right? If that's $600 a month that you're benefiting off the mortgage that you're not paying anymore, well, that's $600 10 years from now, is it worth 300, right? So now mm-hmm. are we only realistically putting half of that, so 150 into savings? So these are things that we need to be accounting for and making sure that uh, we've got properly put in place. Uh, you know, we also talked in our first part of the triangle when we're building our foundation is creating a budget, right? So I think... This is this part two part is now we've got this real estate. We've got all this. We're looking to figure out how much can we uh, afford to be putting away in our 401ks, et cetera, is reanalyzing that budget that you put together 10, 15 years ago. This is that time to do that now because our income's probably gone up, right? And when we were in our 20s, 30s, maybe early 40s, we were saying, okay, we're going to put X amount of our income, what percentage, towards our retirement plans. And with that, have we actually increased the dollar amount, right? We set a percentage 10, 15 years ago, but have we held that percentage to be true on our increasing income? So another thing we need to be looking at there is making sure that that budget is properly functioning, <laughs> I think yeah. is the best way to say it. Do you help with those budgets at all, Matt? Do you have like any key ratios that uh, people, um, maybe not create them, but you know, does your, do you have a site or somewhere that can kind of cross check or quality control those? You know, I, yes and no. I've okay. got a worksheet that I have any of my prospective uh, clients fill out that's about a two-page worksheet, goes through every expense that we could possibly think of that they can put down on paper. Sure. And then normally what I'll do is I'll analyze that and get back to them and say, hey, you know, these expenses look on par or a little more expensive or a little less than what your peers are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really helpful. You know, if you're t- somewhat technically savvy, there's great websites and apps out there like mint.com that you can be utilizing. Yeah, um, you know, I've even noticed it's it on my bank wallet too. Nerd wallet's good. Um, I've also been checking like my Bank of America account, right? It'll actually say you're doing this much better this month based upon your expenses, right? So those are little things you want to be looking at. If you're running a negative cash flow every month, something's up and we need to be looking at how we can improve that. So you're probably a race car driver as a hobby. Let's not go there, Mike. <laughs> let's not go there. Yeah. Anyways, um, with that being said, let's take a quick break for our sponsors. And we come back, we'll wrap up uh, some more ideas here of how to grow and protect your wealth in retirement. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Hey guys, Mike Points, co-host of Smart Retirement Podcast and a licensed loan officer. Let me ask you a question. When is the last time you sat down with your mortgage officer to discuss how your mortgage is gonna affect you during retirement or how the current products and laws out there now are different from when you originally got your mortgage? Allow my team of retirement specialists and myself to put together a proposal for you that shows all of the different products and options you have right now. This is something we can implement in the next one to two months that helps you improve your current situation. If you're not able to remove your mortgage payment with your current mortgage, if you're not able to tap into the liquidity, and if you're not able to prepare better for healthcare costs, I want to show you how we can do that. So please contact me by calling 866-53-RETIRE, option two. Once again, that's 866-53-RETIRE, option two, or contact me at info at smartretirementcast.com. Look forward to hearing from you soon. And MLS number 1246224. Honestly, when was the last time you really took a hard look at your retirement plan? With the way the market's been, it's easy to become complacent. A new decade is upon us, which comes with a lot of questions. Can the economy and market continue to grow? What will the next election do to my investments? How can I best maneuver to maximize return? The answer? It's simple. Get a second opinion from a team like Century Financial Consultants. With over 40 years of financial planning experience, give Century Financial Consultants a call today at 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Okay, we back, listeners. Mike Points here with Central Coast Lending and Matt Hollander, my co-host Century Financial, from Century Financial, excuse me, consultants. Um, We're wrapping up the show here today. We've probably got about, I'd say, 10, 15 more minutes. And we're really excited about the fact that we still have one more part to go. Just a quick precursor. Um, The last segment of this wealth triangle is enjoying and protecting your wealth. So living well throughout retirement, generating income through retirement to help support your lifestyle, leaving a legacy and protecting your retirement plan. So that's going to be how we wrap up this three-part series That'll come out right in the first part of March. And then, Matt, I'll be in Arizona with you in the middle of March, and we'll record a live show. We're going to go watch some baseball, right? That's right. It'll be spring training. Thank you for not bringing up the Super Bowl with me earlier. Yeah, well, we'll, I'll save that for when I see you. (laughs) I'm still licking my wounds. I'm Um, sure you are. That was what a game, huh? Mr. Patrick Mahomes pulled that one off. But... uh, Without getting too far off topic here, um, before the break, we talked a little bit, of course, about my planning that I always try to concrete into our listeners' heads, uh, redoing budgets and things. But, um, you know, we talked a little bit about it, but I'd like to dive a little bit further into planning on how you're going to replace income in retirement. You know, I think your laddered approach to the mortgages makes a lot of sense in this regard, because what will happen is those mortgages disappear, the income is going to ladder up, and the income will start flowing in a little bit more freely as you're getting uh, older and progressing into retirement more. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that could be a great way to do it. Now, in one of our other shows that you actually referenced earlier, uh, which was the income growth and no market risk show, one of the things that we want to be looking at is risk. And part two 
of this wealth triangle is if you're going to be looking for a place to be taking a little bit of risk, I think is probably the place to do it. Um, you know, early on in retirement, of course, you're going to probably take more risks. That midpoint, you're slowing down the risk. And when you're in retirement, you're like, I don't want any more risk anymore. Uh, I want to just make sure I know where my money's going to be and where it's coming from. So this is that part in the plan where, yes, we can take some more risk. If we suffer some losses, shouldn't be uh, the end of the world with, again, proper planning. Mm -hmm. So a couple of things we need to be looking at here. Um, you know, our indexed annuity makes a lot of sense in this area if we're using it for income. Right. I think the indexed annuity for basically a savings vehicle makes more sense in probably our part three in uh, enjoying and protecting the wealth. Mm -hmm. But in this stage of the triangle, an income annuity is going to make sense. And when I say an income annuity, one that's more focused on providing income guarantees rather than mimicking the market as much. So what will happen, listeners, for in an income based annuity is let's say you give them $100,000, right? Mm -hmm. And this is the money that we say we're going to set aside and we're going to use as our private pension later on. We're going to get somewhere between a 7 to 9% guaranteed return. And when I say guaranteed, it's guaranteed based upon the uh, credit worthiness and everything of the insurance company that's issuing that policy. So something to be looking out for is making sure you're checking how reputable these insurance companies are. Um, but if you can have a seven to nine percent return on income, I think even if we look at what Mike was suggesting earlier with the mortgage stuff, depending on where you are in the country, this might be a better option for you. Now, again, the annuity, again, is not going to be liquid. So we're still facing that liquidity risk. So now we say, okay, we set up an income annuity. And I say you, you start off with a lump sum. You don't have to. You could fund an annuity over time uh, on an annual basis. They usually don't like doing a monthly basis. But if ever, at the end of every year you wanted to put something in one and grow it over time, like a savings account, you can do that. Um, the other thing we can be looking at here, and in a couple episodes, we're going to talk about the importance of uh, different types of life insurance. But one of the ones that I like to use in your 40s, 50s, maybe early 60s is what's called a fixed indexed universal life policy. And when I say universal, it means it is exactly that. It changes and can adapt for everything that you're looking at doing in retirement. So you could fund this thing on a monthly basis, and at any point in time, you could take some money back out of it. So you have uh, the ability to borrow from this. So you're not illiquid anymore. So we're eliminating that liquidity risk. Uh, later on in retirement, after these things grow, and when I say they grow, we're talking same type of deal as like the annuity. Seven, not, seven to nine percent, I think, is pretty reasonable. Uh, on an indexed universal life policy, depending on the underlying index that you're utilizing inside the policy. Uh, but the beauty of this thing is later on in retirement, you can use it for income as well. And what's really nice about this is it's all tax-free income. So you're not having to dell out the funds to Uncle Sam when we're looking at how we're replacing income in retirement. So again, all of these things can work simultaneously together once you have a good plan put together. Um, 
interesting that everything is diversified. So again, you know, making sure that we're planning properly and uh, getting that budget updated, putting the money aside and finding a way to invest these funds in other things than maybe just real estate, you know, keeping it diversified, uh, watching out for the risk that we're taking inside of our retirement portfolio. So it doesn't sting us later on. Uh, the worst thing you want to have happen, I would say is, you know, you, you get through our part two of the triangle here and all of a sudden we have a market crash and now we're running around wondering, okay, what are we going to do now? I've just spent 20 years putting all this money away and the money's gone. So what do we do? So again, I think that's where creating a proper plan is going to be extremely prudent uh, to any of our listeners out there. And like we always do here on the show, Mike, we'll offer a complimentary plan to our listeners. Uh, if you dial 866-53-RETIRE, again, that's 866-53-RETIRE. Uh, first 10 listeners, when you call in, we'll go ahead and get you a customized retirement plan that's built exactly to what your risk tolerances, is, risk tolerances are and cr- help you kind of mold a budget around your income and what our expenses uh, look like. So with that, Mike, was there anything else you wanted to add? Um, I think just in general that, that this this piece of the triangle, the wealth triangle is so huge because I think you get to this place where you are, you've protected your family's um, lifestyle. You've started to save some money. You're starting to see your 401k grow. But, you know, the transitional time into retirement is really made or braid, excuse me, make it made or broken based off of the way that you handle the the growth and protection of your wealth i think that there's so many ways to do it you know i'm just a real estate banker so i obviously have one dimension on this but uh if you're not looking at the ways to pay down your mortgage if you're if you're using that cash flow from rental properties and you don't really need it it just makes a ton of sense to really accelerate this process now Um, because so many people i've sat with when they're in their mid 60s early 70s are trying to do a reverse mortgage, not because they failed, but because that's really the way that they have to, that's really the only way that they have left to reduce their liabilities in real estate. Whereas if you're paying more during your 50s, when you're at your maximum income years, it's just amazing how fast that that loan balance reduces. Yeah. And I think, uh, again, Mike, I, I would want to come back to our reverse mortgage topic because I don't want it to sound doom and gloom that you've kind of failed in retirement. Because quite honestly, I know you and I have a little bit different mentality or or thought process towards reverse mortgage. You know, I think quite honestly, once someone can qualify for one, they should get one. Whether they need it or not, I think it almost makes sense. Yeah. Um, But, you know, there can be an argument made there too. And I think that could be probably for another show. (laughs) So many times I see people, I sit down and show them what the interest rates are. It's a variable interest rate in reverse mortgages. Um, there is not really a fixed rate option that I offer. And so that turns people away, but it, it requires illustrations and topics to discuss. Um, but, you know, that's not what I'm trying to slide in here at the end. I'm just saying that so much of your retirement can be enjoyable just by what you do in the last 10 years before retirement. 
you know, should always start as early as you can, but some of these major things are, so if you've heard topics today that Matt talked about, or I talked about with real estate, um, you know, accelerating the amortization of your loans and how you can get illustrations on what that would look like. Just like you sat down, you would sit down with your financial advisor and say, Hey, if I put another thousand dollars a month, how much more could I have at retirement? We could look at if you had an, if you put another thousand dollars a month towards your current loan, whether it be the loan you have or a, a refinance, how much that balance could go down over time. And I, I just think that's really important. So I, I welcome you to do that. You can contact me by dialing 866-53-RETIRE and um, the phone tree will get you right over to me. Very good. Thank you, Mike, for joining uh, me and helping me put on the show today. Um, we will be coming back uh, in a couple weeks here for part three. Uh, we will be talking about the tip of our triangle, the exciting right. part, right? Yeah. How we can go out and enjoy and protect our wealth. So we will be uh, back in a couple weeks with that. Mike, anything else you'd like to add? That's all, my friend. Very good. Let's go out and make the rest of our lives the best of our lives. Thanks for listening. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or construed as providing specific investment advice. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. California license number 0175638 and MLS number 1246224. Thank you.